Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to the next Falcoholic podcast, Falcons vs. Chargers Week 9 game preview. It is just me today. We did work on getting a Chargers guest for this show, but the scheduling did not work out. Uh, we will continue to try to get guests on for these ones, but for now you'll just have to listen to me talk about the Chargers, uh, who are actually a team that I do follow from afar. I certainly won't claim to be a Chargers expert, but they do have a soft spot in my uh, soft spot in my heart. Uh, I think that uh, I like to refer to them as the AFC Falcons, and you know they're they're a fellow cursed franchise. So I definitely have a soft spot for the Chargers. I like the Chargers. I do follow them. I, I like a lot of their players. Um, so I'm a little bit familiar. So I will do my best here. Of course, rely on some other. Uh, data points as well, like the team's stats and, of course, the PFF ratings is another thing to lean on. Um, so we'll we'll break this down. Uh, but ultimately, a uh, very important game for both teams. Uh, both are in the playoffs as of this moment. I believe the Chargers would be a wild card team in the AFC at 4-3. and three. Falcons currently leading the NFC South and the fourth seed in the NFC at 4-4. Four and four. Uh, And this is a, a game that like we mentioned on last night's Falcoholic Live, if you guys haven't listened to that one yet, um, we basically said that most of us thought that on the schedule, this would be one of the L's. And this is definitely one of the more challenging games left in this easy, quote-unquote, part of the schedule here uh, as the Falcons play another team with a winning record. I believe at this point, the Chargers are the only team with a winning record that they will play before the bye. Uh, Technically, the Commanders are... 500 right now so there's a chance they could of course get to a winning record uh the other teams are all below 500 so you know this is this is the tough game we know how dangerous the chargers can be on offense they do have a great quarterback in justin herbert who's not been having a spectacular season certainly by his standards but still very dangerous uh and they do have a number of really talented players some of which of course are missing and we will check in on the injury reports i'm recording this uh before Thursday's report has officially been listed, uh, but we do have an idea at least of some of the players that could potentially be on the injury report for the Chargers in this game. Um, But again, a very interesting matchup because I think that it's kind of a situation where the it's a strength on weakness matchup again, where the Falcons are going up against a defense that is the worst in the NFL at stopping the run. And the Falcons of course have one of the NFL's most dangerous rushing attacks. 
and are getting back their star running back in Corderell Patterson. So it seems to set up nicely there. And then on the other side, the Chargers feature a dangerous passing game while the Falcons featured the NFL's worst defense overall, uh, and particularly so against the pass. So the, a potentially high-scoring game as a result. Um, and the Falcons, of course, will try to do their thing where they run the ball as much as possible and, and grind it out. But um, how well it'll work we is obviously uh, still to be determined. But, you know, an interesting test here uh, to see if what the Falcons can do on defense, especially against a, a, a foe that will challenge them, certainly there. Um, and on that note, let's dive right into the matchup, starting with the Falcons offense. Uh, Falcons passing game versus the Chargers secondary pass rush. Um, again, injuries have played a factor here. J.C. Jackson, their big-time addition in the offseason. First of all, is not playing great, but has also been ruled out of this game. I believe he's on injured reserve now. Uh, so that does weaken the depth in the secondary a little bit, but the Chargers still have a lot of very good pieces there uh, in the slot. Of course, they've got Bryce Callahan, uh, one of the NFL's premier slot corners over the years. A very good player still. Uh, Sante Samuel Jr., a young corner who I know uh, our very own Eric Robinson is a huge fan of and uh, I think has been a very good addition to that defense. And then starting in place of J.C. Jackson is cornerback Michael Davis, a veteran. I'm not super familiar with his game. Um, I know PFF has him graded right now as a 59.0, which is right around average. So a solid spot starter type of player for them right now. And then, of course, the safety duo features one of the best safeties in the game in Derwin James. Uh, terrific player there. And then Nasir Adderley, who I was really high on coming out. He's sort of been up and down for them. Um, but I, I do think he's a very good player. And then, of course, you've got the pass rush to contend with the Falcons will not have to face Joey Bosa. Uh, as far as I know, there hasn't been much buzz about him being activated off IR for this game, so I don't think it's going to happen. But they do still have to contend with Khalil Mack, who is an elite edge rusher, uh, and the rest of the Chargers defensive line, which is good, you know, I guess. Uh, I know in terms of pressure rate, they're pretty low, and also in terms of overall sacks. A lot of that has to do with missing, you know, a premier player like Joey Bosa. But they do have some names there like Morgan Fox and Austin Johnson that are solid players. Um, but the pass rush for Los Angeles has not been as good as they hoped, certainly. It's been a lot of relying on Khalil Mack to get things done there. Um, you guys know the Falcons' weapons well at this point. Uh, London, Drake London at wide receiver one has been the team's best receiving option thus far. It's certainly the most productive uh, we did finally get to see Kyle Pitts utilized more in the last game, having his best game of the season, five for 80 and a touchdown, two touchdowns on the year, already a career high. I have a feeling we're going to start seeing a lot more of those if this passing game starts coming together like we're all hoping it will. Um, we've also got, of course, the complimentary guys like Alameda Zacchaeus, Demir Bird, Corderell Patterson coming back and potentially, you know, being a factor in the passing game as well. Um, you know, you have, you have to like the Falcons weapons, the, in terms of defense, the Chargers have played the pass pretty well. It's definitely the better part of their defense. It's also worth knowing that the, the Chargers are the, uh, 31st ranked scoring defense in the NFL. Uh, they've been better against the, uh, better against the yardage numbers, however, allowing the 20th most yardage, but, uh, a lot of points allowed here. 
uh, very interesting that the Chargers have a winning record despite a very negative point differential right now. I believe they've allowed over 20 more points than they uh, have scored. So that's, of course, interesting. They've they've lost some, some uh, lopsided games and won a lot of close ones. Um, so... Obviously, I think it'll be a challenge for the Falcons to have success against this pass defense. It's not an unassailable one, but I think on the whole, if you look at their net yards per attempt and, and those sorts of measures, the Chargers have done a good job at limiting the passing game uh, 12th in net yards per attempt, which is above average. Um, so I think the Falcons probably won't be super aggressive at targeting this passing defense. I think they'll still try to take their shots and hopefully continue to use the passing game effectively, but I don't think that'll be the primary focus of their attack, and I think I would still give the Chargers pass defense uh, an advantage, especially when you consider that the Falcons offensive line is still not pass protecting very well. So uh, slight nod there to the Chargers, I think, um, but the Falcons passing game, it has been better. I think Marietta had his best overall game last week, despite the interceptions. So we'll see if that continues to grow and mature and, and the passing offense becomes more consistently reliable because as you guys may have known, if you've been reading my tweets, uh, the Falcons are sixth in scoring offense. Uh, they are one of the NFL's premier Scoring offenses right now, a lot of that has to do with their efficiency on third down, their efficiency in the red zone, I think where they're both top 10 uh, in those metrics. So this team, uh, the Falcons are sixth in third down conversion rate on offense and ninth in red zone uh, efficiency. So they're also sixth in fourth down conversion rate as well, for those wondering. Um, so this is a team that's been very efficient, and that's the story of the passing game for the Falcons overall. Uh, 29th in passing yardage, but 9th in net yards per attempt. Much, much better on a per-pass basis. Uh, but they are also throwing, uh, after this week, they were the 31st-ranked uh, team in terms of number of attempts. So they are the second-lowest volume passing game in the NFL. Uh, and probably because some teams have had a bye, would be my guess, that they're, that they're not 32nd. Um, but, you know, I don't expect this to be a game where the Falcons really challenge the chargers specifically through the air uh but i do think we're going to see them try their shots and take their opportunities and try to keep developing this pass game because you can't just rely on the run um going forward you may however be able to rely on the run in this game and that's the next matchup we're going to talk about here uh before i get to that guys please uh, i just want to remind you to please if you're watching this on youtube give us a like and a subscribe we really appreciate you helping us there if you're listening to the audio of this podcast uh, leave us a five-star review helps us get uh this podcast out in front of more falcons or just other football fans uh if you're interested in supporting the show you can check us out on patreon it's patreon.com slash falcoholic live uh where if you're a podcast aficionado a lot of perks for you there ad free early access editions of all the podcasts and the live shows uh and of course access to an exclusive uh, patron-only Q&A, where we answer questions from you guys. Uh, there's also going to be more and more perks coming. Uh, you get some stuff on the Discord, which you guys can join if you look in the show description uh, as well. Uh, so lots of little things. Uh, it's mostly a way to support the show, but we do really appreciate all of you that do. So thank you so much. Uh, moving on to what I think is the maybe the most important matchup of the game for the Falcons offense. The Falcons offense uh, rushing attack versus the Chargers run defense, which has been bad, folks. Uh, the worst in the NFL at this point on a yards per carry basis. Uh, they have allowed 5.7 yards per carry, which is absurdly high. Uh, 
and they've allowed the 27th most yards in the NFL despite facing the 7th fewest carries. Uh, so they've allowed a ton of yards despite not really facing that many carries. And a lot of the reason for that is, of course, the Chargers have a good offense. Uh, they, they A lot of teams will abandon the run when they get behind. The Falcons are not one of those teams, as we've seen. So that won't necessarily save the Chargers in this one. Uh, getting out to a lead, the Falcons have shown that they they will stick with the run if they think that's their best way to move the ball. And I think that will be their best way to move the ball on this one. The Chargers, uh, a lot of their secondary players, while grading well in coverage, seem to be sort of struggling more uh, against the run, which is interesting. So that does, of course... Uh, play into it you know Bryce Callahan in the slot has been great in coverage but very poor against the run Uh, Michael Davis has been a little bit solid more solid there Uh, but the safeties you know Derwin James obviously is great he's going to play the run very well Uh, but Nasir Adderley has been below average there too so they're not getting a lot of contributions there the big ones though um, I think are in the front seven where you've got Kenneth Murray, a former former first-round pick, just really struggling against the run, like 28.4 run-stuffing grade, which is just abysmal. Um, and having a, a big hole like that right in the middle of your defense is probably a, a reason that they are really struggling. The other linebacker, Drew T- Tranquil, has actually played the run well. But when you've got a liability standing next to you, I believe Murray is 79th or 78th out of uh, a possible 80 linebackers this year, according to PFF. It's, it's, it's tough. Um it also doesn't help that really the only defensive lineman they have that's been a plus against the run, um, other than Khalil Mack, of course, and, and Joey Bosa when he was healthy, because uh, those guys are great, uh, is the nose tackle Austin Johnson. Every other interior guy has struggled there. Um, so they're much better if they can force you to pass the ball. But against the run, they have really, really struggled. And, of course, the Falcons getting back there. Uh, elite running back in Quarterell Patterson, who just lit up the NFL over the first four weeks of the season before going on IR. It is believed he'll be back. We don't have official confirmation on that yet, but that's a huge boost to this run game. Uh, and even in his absence, the Falcons have maintained their position as one of the NFL's best rushing attacks. Uh, thanks to Caleb Huntley, the former undrafted free agent and rookie Tyler Algier, um, who have handled a lot of carries and, and uh, Algier in particular, catching the ball and playing a third down role uh, has been a big boost there. Uh, but I think this this is a running back by committee. I think the Falcons are going to be careful with not relying too much on Cordero Patterson, um, maybe going more to what I sort of expected earlier, uh, like preseason, which was the Falcons basically uh, using Cordero Patterson as like their high leverage runner, you know, red zone, third downs, uh, key short yardage, you know, big plays in the game. And then maybe as a closer, like some of you mentioned and what we talked about last night on Falcohawk Live, um, you know, as a closer, like in the fourth quarter, you know, you bring out Patterson uh, where he can just punish your opponent after they've been worn down by your two other physical backs. Um, And honestly, uh, while I think both running backs like Algier and Huntley have performed well, Huntley, the better runner right now, uh, 4.7 yards per carry. And uh, he is... Having the fewest, the lowest percentage, I guess, this stat, uh, which is on my Twitter, uh, Huntley is running for one or more yards, or excuse me, one or fewer yards at the lowest rate of any running back in the league. Only 7% of Huntley's carries have gone for one or fewer yards, which means he does not have a lot of negative plays. Like, he just creates positive plays almost every time he touches the ball. He turns something into nothing routinely. That's a big strength of his, makes him a very dangerous short yardage back. You love 
to have that in your arsenal. Whereas Algier, I think, has begun to play a bit better as a pass protector and really show that he has some some wiggle after the catch and is smart and savvy with following his blocks. And of course, as a physical running back, which he is, he's like 220 pounds. This is a guy that's a load to tackle when he gets moving. So um, impressive start for these guys who are probably going to take on more sort of complementary committee roles with Patterson being the guy, of course, but I think they probably want to limit Patterson's workload to like 10 to 15 carries. I don't think you need him carrying, you know, 20 plus times in a game unless it's really crucial. You probably want to save that sort of Patterson for the playoffs. Um, And I think they'll be able to do that behind this offensive line, which let's be honest, no one really expected too much from these guys. They haven't really delivered a lot in pass protection. That has been an issue, but as run blockers, the whole unit is is doing a good job, I would say. Um, you know, center Drew Dahlman uh, has been, of course, uh, better as a run blocker. He's average as a run blocker, poor as a pass blocker. Uh, whereas Chris Lindstrom, of course, uh, elite run blocker, one of the best run blockers in the NFL at right guard. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson not practicing on Wednesday or Thursday, so it's possible we could see him missed this game. He's been actually pretty solid as both a pass protector and run blocker. I think he's a guy that may have earned himself a contract going forward in Atlanta at guard. Um, but it, if it was up to me, I would say it'd probably be Colby Gossett coming in at left guard who had to fill in for a game. Looked pretty good, especially as a run blocker. The Falcons have been giving Matt Hennessy, the backup center, some left guard reps. I don't know if that's meaningful in terms of who's going to play on Sunday or if they just want to make sure Hennessy's cross-trained there because he will then be the primary interior backup if uh, if Elijah Wilkinson's out of this game. So they probably want to make sure he's comfortable playing there. Um, but I don't know. You know, I think if Colby Gussett's in there, you feel like comfortable that it's going to be fine. If Hennessy's in there, it's a much bigger question mark. So that could be something to monitor. And I think the tackles uh, have both been pretty darn good um, in terms of run blocking. Uh, Matthew's having sort of a bounce back season there. He's been good in both areas. Whereas McGarry has been a very, very impactful run blocker and sort of a barely average pass blocker. Um, but it's still a big improvement for him this year. He's having his best season for sure. So you like that matchup a lot. This is the matchup that the Falcons need to absolutely exploit and pound and, and just relentlessly attack this Chargers run defense because they have shown that they can't stop the run. I know they've allowed over 200 rushing yards in two of the last three games. They're coming off a bye. They're going to be fresh. I'm sure like fixing their issues in the run game has probably been a big point of emphasis over the last week, but we've seen seven games from this Chargers team. They've been awful at stopping the run. You can't, I don't think any amount of coaching is really going to fix that up. The Falcons just need to stick with it um, and tire them out and, and, you know, play their game. Um, But the Chargers do have the rest advantage. So it, it may not hit immediately. You know, we could see this, this run game sort of maybe stall a little bit early, Um, But I do think that you got to stick with it and and really punish that weakness um, to keep, you know, to not only score on offense for the Falcons, which is, of course, going to be vital in this one, but also keep the Chargers offense off the field, which is where we're going to go next. Um, And, you know, it could be a little bit of a wings clipped situation for this Chargers offense, which has two elite NFL wide receivers when healthy, right? Uh, they've got Keenan Allen, one of the NFL's premier uh, receivers. And of course, Mike Williams, one of the best young receivers. But Mike Williams is out for this game already dealing with his own injury. And then Keenan Allen, who finally came back before their bye week in week eight, apparently suffered a setback in that week seven game. And he is not practicing either. So Chargers now potentially down there to 
big threats on the outside. Uh, and it also looked like, based on Winjury, uh, Wednesday's injury report, that they could also be down uh, a reserve linebacker and a defensive tackle, Jerry Tillery, one of their former top picks, who's a key member of that rotation. So uh, could be depleted in several areas there. Uh, the good news is that it seems like wide receiver Josh Palmer and tight end Donald Parham Jr., who are both uh, out with concussions, have been practicing. So it seems like they will get those guys back at the very least. But um, certainly not the the typical weapons that you're used to seeing out there. Um, so they do have Palmer, who has been, I think, pretty impressive at times when he's had to be targeted. Uh, but they're otherwise going to be relying on some of the uh, the, 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 the depth guys, essentially. Um, you know, you've got... Uh, DeAndre Carter, their kick returner, who is, I think, a, a dangerous threat, especially in the short area after the catch. Uh, and then I believe it, Michael Bandy is the guy that's listed as the the next man up sort of on the outside with Carter in the slot. So, um, you know, in terms of other guys, uh, I believe Jalen Guyton's on IR um, for the season, but he would have been someone that was interesting to watch. And then, um, you know, guys like, Keelan Doss and, and John Hightower. Like we're going to see, you know, some, some deeper depth guys potentially here for the chargers, Jason Moore. Um, so the good, so that there's that good news. The bad news is they do have a very good tight end still in Gerald Everett. Um, and I know Donald Parham, who's their blocking specialist is coming back. So that could help them out there. Um, and of course they have a great quarterback in Justin Herbert. Um, the Falcons, have their own issues with injuries. And it just so happens to be at the, the opposite position, right? Cornerback. Uh, I would seriously doubt that we will see AJ Terrell play this week. Maybe not even next week. Um, Casey Hayward's on IR for the Falcons, as you guys well know. Uh, we do have potentially some reinforcements coming this week, right? Uh, Jalen Hawkins was a full participant in practice. It seems like he believes he will play. So the Falcons should get their safety duo back intact. Uh, we do have a new cornerback addition in Rashad Fenton from the Chiefs coming here, and the hope is that he can play a lot more zone uh, and go back to being a very good outside zone corner, which is what he had been for several years before this season when the Chiefs have started to play a lot more man. It's not really his game. Notably, the Falcons uh, started out a little bit more balanced, still mostly zone, but had more man coverage. And then over the past, I think, three to four games, the Falcons have played almost 80% zone coverage. So um, leaning on that zone a lot more could be good for Fenton, who's practicing and immediately probably going to be thrust out there. Um, you also have to like how Darren Hall's performing. Uh, he's He's been basically what you'd hoped as your sort of fourth corner. Um, you like D. Alford, what he's offered you. Uh, I think he's been a very nice surprise as a guy that's like a reliable starter that has shown some some flashy plays too. Um, Isaiah Oliver is back. I won't say he's had a great return yet, but he's coming off IR. You know, it may take him a bit to get into the swing of things again. And he's been an impact player against the run, certainly. So you like that. Um, so, you know, this would have been a resounding win, I think, for the Chargers in this matchup, uh, before these injuries. Now, I think it's more just like a slight win, um, for them because, you know, they still have Herbert. They still have Austin Eckler out of the backfield, who's an elite pass catcher, one of the best pass catching running backs. They're still going to be able to run this short game and really challenge the Falcons to make tackles, which has not been their strong suit, let's be honest. Um, and, of course, the Falcons' pass rush is just not very good. This this Chargers offensive line, I think, has not been 
what they'd hoped for. They've had a lot of injuries, including to star left tackle Rashawn Slater. They have got uh, shifted some guys around and, and made some adjustments, and I don't think it's as big of a problem as it was for, at one point in Corey Lindsley's back at center. Uh, the right side is still vulnerable, and then left guard is a big problem spot for them with Matt Filer. But the Falcons don't rush the passer well. When they do, it's mostly you know J- Grady Jarrett doing stuff, so perhaps they can take advantage of some of those weaker matchups on the interior. But, um, you know, I still think the Chargers have the advantage in that matchup. Um, next matchup is the Chargers rushing attack versus the Falcons run defense. Um, both of these units, I think, are sort of surprising in, in how they've sort of underperformed thus far. Or, well, I guess that's not. The, the Chargers run game, I think, has disappointed, and the Falcons run defense has probably been better than anyone would have expected, considering they cut their nose tackle and just don't have a lot of depth on the interior. But uh, the Falcons have, have defended the run pretty efficiently, um, and the Chargers have really struggled to move the ball there. Um, Atlanta's defense, again, like I've said, uh, quite poor in terms of scoring, 29th, uh, 31st in overall yardage. Uh, but the run defense has not really been the culprit there. Uh, Falcons are 11th in rushing yardage allowed and 15th in yards per attempt allowed. So, you know, a little bit above average there. Um, and that lines up well with the Chargers' run game really being a weak spot on their offense. They uh, they don't run it a ton. It's they're below average in the number of carries they have, but they're 27th in run and rushing uh, yardage and 28th in yards per carry with just 3.7 per carry. Um, you, you know you have to think it has to do with the offensive line because they have a very talented runner in Austin Eckler. Um, you know they did bring in Sony Michelle who struggled. Uh, they have Josh Kelly there as well, but on the whole, uh, you know, they're not averaging a lot on the ground. They're struggling there. Um, so this is a matchup where the Falcons, I think do have the advantage, um, and, and slowing down this run game. Um, like I said, it's not a massive part of their offense. They throw the ball more than any other team in the league. They have the highest passing attempts in the NFL with over 300. Uh, and, they don't rely on the run a ton, but the Falcons being able to shut that down could be beneficial in short yardage, could be beneficial in, in conversions. Um, and, you know, I, I think that having that, taking that away from your opponent is is beneficial. And I think the Falcons do actually have the advantage there on defense, so that's nice. Um, so that's the basic matchups there. Um, you know, I, I think you sort of are going to, you're expecting the Chargers to try to throw all over this Falcons defense, and they they will. I, I expect the Falcons defense to allow like at least 24 points in this one, maybe more. Um, Chargers offense hasn't been like maybe as good as you might think. Uh, statistically, they're 11th in scoring. They are 8th in yardage, so they're certainly moving the ball. Um, haven't been quite as good in the scoring department. Um, you know, they're, they're 18th in red zone efficiency, you know, probably has something to do with them struggling to run the ball. Um, and 13th on third down, which is good, you know, above average, not great. Um, so they're going to try to throw it all over the yard. Uh, it's up to the Falcons to to take advantage of them being down guys and hopefully get some of their guys back healthy and just sort of get through, you know, this without allowing 30 points uh, would be great. That would be sort of like what you need to see is that this Falcons defense doesn't allow, you know, 30 points. Um the Falcons offense needs to be able to pound the rock and take advantage of that matchup and and not get sidetracked off of that. Um, you know, they need to run the ball early and often. 
uh, and it's fine to try the passing game. But when your opponent is this poor against the run, you have to emphasize that. And I think that they will. Um, but I think that Arthur Smith is also looking to show that like this is not a one-trick pony offense. We are going to try to to pass the ball, and we're going to continue to flesh out that part of the offense. And they need to uh, to be able to beat teams that aren't you know struggling against stopping the run. Um, so I, I suspect that we will see our fair share of pass attempts. Um, I, I'm hoping that we're not going to be, you know, unless the Falcons just are completely obliterating the Chargers on the ground. In that case, just hand it off every play and coast to, to a win. But if they're having some resistance, you know, you'd like to see them throw it, you know, 20 times in a game instead of like 10, Yeah, you know, like complete, like 15, you know, of 20, try some play action stuff and take advantage when the Chargers creep up to stop the run. Um, and I think, you know, if the Falcons can start to do that, and really consistently hit those those efficient pass plays, which it's still been sort of hit or miss there, that's when this offense really takes the next step into being dangerous. And maybe the return of Patterson is a big factor there. Uh, maybe the Falcons, you know, having just a, another week to, to with Mariota learning the offense and the receivers getting comfortable. And I think the emergence of Demir Bird has been big. Um, you know, you guys might remember from me in the offseason talking about like, oh, I think Demir Bird should be the wide receiver three and, you know, all this. And he really was an afterthought inactive a lot of weeks. Um, now he seems to be a, a focal point in, and basically the key cog in the deep passing game. Um, and he's shown off his yards after catch ability. He's a great route runner. He just doesn't have size. So throwing those jump balls up to Demir Bird, not a great plan. It's what Kyle Pitts and Drake London are for. Uh, but he's a burner. You know, he ran in the four twos. Um, and he's still clearly got that speed. So, you know, I think the Falcons have to be able to run the ball and they have to be able to at least slow down the Chargers offense. Um, and I think they have a decent chance of doing that. Certainly. I, I think that, I think the spread in this game is fair. The Falcons are currently three point underdogs at home, um, which, you know, is kind of disrespectful, right? <laughs> um, you know, that's implying that the Chargers are sort of like five and a half to six point favorites, um, on a neutral field. Uh, more than likely. So, you know, I, I, I think that the Falcons certainly haven't shown that they're this unbeatable juggernaut of a team, but I think the Falcons have uh, shown that they're quite difficult to defeat, um, especially when you when your weaknesses as a team don't line up uh, well with what the Falcons' strengths are. Like, the Falcons are, going, are one of those teams where you can never stop them from running the ball, for good or ill, right? Um, you could get up two scores and the Falcons are going to keep running. And that is probably why they have a better chance in this one than maybe the, the odds makers think, because I think the chargers have done a good job of, of in their wins, getting out ahead, taking the opponent sort of out of their rushing attack um, and sort of like, you know, holding on for a win. You know, they've, they've won uh, their two and three in their last three games uh, with their two wins. One of them coming in overtime to the Broncos who we know are, are a, an abysmal offense. Uh, and then one of them coming over the Browns, 30 to 28, they've had those, those narrow wins. Um, but you know, the, the Falcons for once have actually played well at home too. Uh, the Falcons, uh, have won. I think, I think they're three and one at home and one and three on the road. So they've been a lot better at home for a change. This is a home game. So that could be a boost to the Falcons. It's, you know, of course the chargers having to make the trip across country. So that could be significant. They are coming, like I said, off that bye week So that's part of the equation as well. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think this is the, a potential opportunity for the Falcons to, to flex their muscles on the ground and show that, 
you can't get away with having a bad run defense in the NFL anymore like you could potentially in years past where the pass defense was the important thing. And as long as you had a good offense, you could take your opponent's run game out of it. Um, this could be an opportunity for the Falcons to be like, you know, if you skimp on your run defense and you don't, you know, and flesh out that part of your team, you're going to come up against offenses like Atlanta and Philadelphia and these, these really run heavy teams. And they're just going to, you know, grind you into dust over the course of a game. So that's what the game plan is probably going to be. Uh, you know, I hope it works for the Falcons. I do think the Falcons uh, pull off the upset here. Um, I, I feel better about this matchup than I did going into the season. I like, I like picking them as an underdog occasionally. You know, it's always good to get a few underdog picks in, and I think this is one of the better ones this week. Um, I do think it will be a higher scoring game. I think the Falcons continue uh, their scoring efforts with a, another 30-point game. Uh, it won't be quite as much as last time, but I think the Falcons will uh, score 31 to the Chargers uh, 27, and I think it's going to be a sweaty game and, and a tough finish, but I think the Falcons' ability to sort of grind it out uh, – with that run game is going to end with them basically um, like shutting down the game in the fourth quarter with like a seven or eight minute drive and just sort of suffocating the the clock. Um, and I think that's what's what the difference is going to be in this game. I hope the Falcons can allow less than 27 points to an offense that depleted of weapons, but I'm not holding my breath on it. Uh, maybe Rashad Fenton comes in and immediately hits the ground running and is great. You feel a lot better, obviously if you have AJ Terrell and Casey Hayward out there, but um, we'll see. But, uh, guys, really appreciate you tuning in and listening to the solo edition of the, the uh, Falcon Lock Podcast game preview. Like I said, we're always going to try to get great guests on here for you guys because I don't know a lot of these teams super well. Maybe the NFC South teams are kind of an exception. But, again, we got to get the banter going with these NFC South guys. So I appreciate you tolerating my rants on the Chargers. If you're a Chargers fan and any of this stuff seems, like, incorrect to you or you think I got some details wrong, please put it in the comments. Uh, I would love to, to hear your perspective on the team. Um I do have a soft spot for the Chargers. No uh, ill will here whatsoever. I hope you guys get out of this game healthy and, and go on a run. You are my, my Chargers are like up there with the Bills for me in the AFC. The Bills, you know, because I live in upstate New York. But, um, you know, you're, you're the AFC Falcons and, and us cursed teams got to stick together. But one of us has, one of these cursed teams has to win this game and it probably will be wild. Um, so, you know, I hope it's the Falcons, but, you know, good luck to the Chargers over the rest of the season after this game. Um, but guys, thank you so much for watching. Like and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube. Give us a five-star review. If you're on uh, Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, like I said, you can support us on Patreon if you want to get the ad-free early access editions of all these shows. Uh, Patreon.com slash Live is where you get that. We will be back on Sunday after the game for our Chargers or Falcons versus Chargers post-game show with Alan Sterk. Uh, so you guys have that to look forward to. We will see you live for that one, hopefully celebrating another Falcons W. Uh, until then, guys, I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. Follow me there. Check out thefalcoholic.com for all that terrific written content and enjoy what could be a extremely uh, lopsided. I'm recording this Thursday afternoon, so enjoy what's probably going to be an extremely lopsided uh, Thursday night football game between the Eagles and the, uh, the Texans. I, uh, that one you know, might be over pretty quickly. So, Enjoy, guys. We'll see you on Sunday. Have a great day.